welcoming you to the Deep Spirituality Podcast. We're excited today. We're going to be uh, working on some really cool stuff having to do with how to have a quiet time. And uh, it's pretty basic. For a lot of people, uh, they get up in the morning uh, and have a devotional or what uh, a lot of uh, my friends call a quiet time where they read the Bible and they pray. Uh, today, uh, we're, uh, we've got four of us on this particular uh, podcast that uh, is a, uh, uh, an addition to coming home. We had a couple of coming home, a few coming home podcasts before, and this pod is is building on that. But we hope to put together about three of them uh, in the ensuing weeks, days, whatever it is uh, that are on how to have a quiet time uh, with me on the podcast are Cameron, Kiara and Rhett. And uh, all three of them work with teenagers uh, and uh, try to help teenagers learn how to have a quiet time. Later on, we're going to be talking about a new idea. Uh, that I think uh, came my wife really created called DIY, and which is really going to talk about how to actually learn how to have a quiet time and then uh, be able to do it on your own uh, for teenagers, particularly uh, learning how to do that, learning how to have personal time with God. So this one is called Creating Sacred Space, How to Have a Quiet Time. Let's call it Chapter One. And uh, before we get rolling any further and get into the deep part of it, I just want to find out uh, what Rhett and Kiara think about uh, a quiet time. What do they think a quiet time is and how do they feel about quiet times? Are quiet times hard for you? Just give me a couple of thoughts. And they're new to the podcast, so we're going to get them loosened up and relaxed on the mics. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, it was funny. I was listening to your guys' podcast, the, the first coming home one, where you talked a little bit about quiet times with Parker and David. And I was thinking about what I think it is. And I realized that most of the time I'm I'm doing it because I... It's just, uh, it's, I'm doing it because I think it's going to help me control myself, control my emotions, control my day. I'm going to feel better. Um, but really I was, I was praying about it more this morning thinking like what it should be more is a way for me to connect with God. Like this is my time to connect and um, emotionally, spiritually, and huh? just think more about God and how he influences my day. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of what I think. So, you know, one of the things I always ask everybody who comes on a podcast is yeah. do they come from a religious background or not? Because it makes a huge difference. Like some people like me hit church and we're like, I, what's a Bible? And what do you, what, what I, I had no idea what it was to have any kind of quiet time. That was, you know, yeah. I, I didn't have quiet time. So what's your background? Yeah. So I definitely have a religious background. Grew up uh, going to church my whole life. We started going to a Catholic church and then this non-denominational church. And so it's always been part of my yeah. my background. Uh, mom woke us up every Sunday to go to church wow. until about high school. Then she kind of let us do our own thing, whatever we wanted. And cool. then through college, pretty much totally dropped it. So you've been around this a church. long time. You've yeah. been around this a long time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but so, I, I never so, really read the Bible, though, actually, like oh, really? that, that whole time, you know, like we. So you're going to church, but you weren't really reading the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's uh, a lot of kids who grow up in churches do that? Or do you think that's common or uncommon? Oh, definitely. Yeah. What's yeah, definitely mean? Most most of my friends who I grew up with, I, I grew up in Orange County in yeah. a pretty conservative religious area yeah. and, and everyone went to church, but no one ever talked about the Bible. Like I'd never spent any time reading it. So Interesting. What about you, Kiara? Um, my religious background? Wow. Or, yeah, I mean, I grew up, or my family also kind of popped into different kinds of churches, uh, non-denominational, denominational, Catholic. I started coming, um, consistently coming to church when I was in high school, but prior to that, even though we were religious, didn't own a Bible either. <laughs> like You didn't own a Bible. We didn't even own a Bible, but we you know, talked about believing in God and we went yeah. to different churches because of people. Yeah. So when I first started reading, I, I didn't even know like the books of the Bible or that there's an Old Testament, New Testament. I felt like I had to be taught all that or verses or chapters. Um, and the whole concept of, of 
of a relationship with God, that was just totally boring. I thought it was just a whole bunch of stories that you just read and so it, it was was the Bible considered boring or, or like me? I uh, was I you know I didn't want to go to church, so I was not around it. But I did read it at age twelve. My mom brought one home, and I read anything. You put a my mom used to buy me Shakespeare comic books, and I'd read those. I read I'd read anything. So I started reading it, and I thought, oh, this is very interesting because I'd read literature. But did you find did you find it boring or did you just you, you, what what do you think it was? It's boring. It doesn't apply. What do you think it was? Like why didn't you go out and just grab one? Yeah, I think for me when I went to the Catholic Church, they kind of it's a very formal thing. Like someone stands up there, they have the big Bible. Sure. It's reading from the book of Book of Mark, and then you read it, and it's in King James, and it's like hard to understand. Yeah. So it never even occurred to me that I should read it at home. Like okay. I just was never, I was like, and I, I think that's that? not just Catholic churches. There are a lot of churches where yeah. you get up and read it. So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, Catholics are no different than anybody else. Right. Yeah. I mean, church yeah. I go to, we stand up and read it. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. So yeah, it's just formal. Yeah, I don't think it's unique to any particular church. What are you, what are you thinking over there? Kara? Well, I mean, for me, it wasn't, yeah, it was boring, but the problem was I didn't understand it. What do you mean you didn't understand? I it? didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand the stories. I've, I don't know. Like school, I was okay at school, but when I started reading the Bible, I felt like I had to reread things over and over and over again because I didn't understand the concept. I didn't understand what was going on. I yeah. didn't understand the context or how what that had to do with me at all. So yeah. I felt disconnected from it. So there wasn't an interest. Do you think that's a societal issue or do you think that's just – like, I mean, when I say societal, do you think it's because society pretty much doesn't put you in a place where you're weird around the Bible, meaning – Wherever you go in society, it's not because, you know, the whole idea of separating church and state has kind of morphed into separating the Bible from society, which I don't think that's what separation of church and state means. But do you think it's because you were never around the Bible that much with someone explaining it or what? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. I didn't. It, you know what it, I mean by society? Like in society, it's OK. That sports. Yeah. Everybody gets inundated with sports. Yeah. See a game, yeah. watch a game, yeah. listen to a game, all that kind of stuff. With music, everybody, you know, now you got Spotify, you got all these different things. Everybody gets that put in front of you. But what's the place? Where's the place where you get the Bible put in front of you? Can you think of any places other than church? No. Well, no, no. I went to I went to like a school where they were putting it in front of us, or and I grew up religious too. So yeah. my parents would do like a family devotional sometimes okay. and stuff like that. But I still didn't feel compelled to read it. I wasn't reading much of anything. Yeah, but just uh, but I think what I what I hear you saying though, I think because if we all grew up religious, I think the societal push in our lives was maybe there. Or, yeah. But I don't think they were teaching us to read it as yeah. more as they were teaching us like they were reading it to us. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think there was even ever expectation on me to read it or. I never got taught to read it um, outside of like it being read to me. Yeah. And so I thought it was just good stories. So for me, I didn't really see a need to read it. I'm like, why do I need to read it? Like, right, I know right, the stories. Right. So to me, I'm like, yeah, I know the stories. Those sound good. But th- there was no desire for me to go beyond that. Um, so know. what do you guys think about it? Do people that you're around now that actually go to church, do you think a lot of them read the Bible? Do you think not many of them read the Bible? Like, is there a voracious appetite for reading the Bible? What, what, do you, what do you think? Now that you're in church, you're kind of going, you're Christians. When you look around at your friends, yourselves, do you think there's this, hey, man, I really love reading the Bible. I want to read the Bible. Or do you think they're still in that space of, well, I don't really understand it. I don't know what to read. I, I'm bored by it. What do you think? Yeah, I think I see a lot of people still struggling to understand how to apply it to their life or how to make it real to them. It mm-hmm. still can be, okay. I'm going to read through this book and read two or three chapters a day. And there's kind of this like routine to it or this way that it's done, but it's not, 
there's, I, I found that for myself too, that I'm like, wow, I, there was a period of time I know where I was that way, where it was like, I was eating it up. Like it was, I would have a, I'd read the Bible before I'd go to work. I'd read it on my lunch break. I'd come home. I'd listen to it. And then somewhere along the way, I think I just got tired or I don't know. I didn't want to keep diving deeper. And so I just kind of lost a lot of that inspiration, I guess. So for me, like a quiet time or or having or reading the Bible can become more, I feel more anxious actually about it because it feels before it was just, you know, having information, absorbing information. I didn't know anything about it. So it became interesting when I was taught how that actually applies to my life or what that really meant to me or, um, or that God cared about me personally. So when I was reading it, it felt like I was discovering new things and then it became more routine. Like this is something I'm just supposed to do. So then the people that I'm around, it can just seem like this is just what we're supposed to do. And this is what we have to do. And it's, it stopped being, um, I don't know, maybe there's like a, a, pride of like, well, I already know it. Like, like what Cameron was right. saying, like, I already know these stories or I've read this before, or I've been read this a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. well, and working, well, yeah. And I think with working with teens, yeah. like we do, I think it's more of like, oh, uh, this is what my parents want me to do, or this is what I should do. But I, I don't think in the culture that I see in the church and stuff, most of it is not the first example you gave. It's more the second where it's people are just doing it. There's not really like someone's hungry to do it, excited about it, passionate about it, talking yeah. about it. Cause that comes out of someone when someone's like you said, someone likes sports, they're going to talk about sports. They're going to talk about what they're, you know, really interested in. Right. And I do not hear people talking about, man, I read this this morning. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think I've been there and I've seen that, but it's seldom seen. Like it's not something that across the board, it's most of the time, uh, I think it's the latter category where people are more just kind of doing it um, out of a duty or something that we've kind of like we've talked about in the last uh, podcast. Interesting. What yeah. do you think about that? That does that is that is that a, a sort of a, when you listening to you guys, it sounds like people don't read the Bible very much. Right. Mm-hmm. If I'm listening to just you guys, have you ever thought about that before? Yeah. Have you ever I, sat there and thought, wow, people aren't really reading the Bible that much? Did I surprise you with that question? I guess you kind of. I I mean, I guess I've been thinking about that actually or this last week where I realized, man, like I've been talking, I've been around Christians all week, but I don't know what any of the people who I live with are reading in their Bible right now. I don't know what they're praying about. I don't know what's on their mind or on their hearts. So I I guess I kind of more thought of it as like a, it's an us problem versus a, a God problem. Like they're, they're maybe not reading or not praying. I thought of it more as, Oh, we're not talking about it. But well, I like now what that Cameron we, said that when, you know, if you're excited about sports, like I walked in here, right. And you mm-hmm. said, uh, what did you think of those games? And I, I think you're a Packers fan, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why you brought that up. Yeah. I, I'm not a Packers guy. I like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Uh, and, but you brought that up right away, yeah. right? Cause you're, you're excited about it and you're thrilled about it. And, and that's what Cameron's talking about. And so, we can draw maybe we're doing a, a generalized view because we're taking it from our experience. But clearly, based on what you're saying, which is really cool insight, people aren't so excited about what they're reading. They're talking about it. And that's a sign that there's a problem with quiet times. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we need to do this, because it's not a condemnation. If you're out there and you're not reading your Bible at all or you're struggling to get through it, because maybe you have a reading uh, challenge. Maybe you're getting bored. Uh, maybe you're overwhelmed, maybe you're confused, maybe you need someone to explain it to you. But for whatever reason, this isn't about feeling really guilty and terrible about yourself. And and, and that's not where yeah. it's at. This is about trying to figure out the problem. It's almost like trying to get in shape, right? You can either look in the mirror and go, oh my gosh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm punked, I'm dead, I'm defeated. Or you can say, all right, let me just figure out where I start. 
And today what we want to do is get people to come home to God by saying, okay, can we get you excited about a quiet time? Can we get you excited about a relationship with God? Can you guys tell me a time in your life where you were super excited to get up in the morning and go read your Bible? Can you think of that? Think about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. This particular episode is already talked about. It's called Creating Sacred Space. And I'm going to try to work with our group, and we're going to try to get into this first section of how to have a quiet time. Now, when it comes to creating sacred space, how to have a great quiet time, I want to read you a scripture. It's a great scripture from the uh, CEV version. It says, worshiping the Lord is sacred. He will always be worshiped. All of his decisions are correct and fair. So when you're creating sacred space, the reason I talk about this is we live in a pretty noisy world. Yeah. There's a lot of noise. I was listening to um, um, a podcast today and they were talking about political news. And it's overwhelming. It just fills your head. And then there's the noise of what your friends think of you, what your parents think of you, how you may be doing in school, how you may be doing in your sport, how your health is, what 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 health thing could happen to you, how your finances are, is your car working, is your car not working? And so all this stuff fills our heads and gets us really focused on either circumstances or people. Have either of you ever had a time in your life where you were trying to have a quiet time, read your Bible and pray, but you couldn't focus because you were so busy either thinking about a circumstance or you were so worried about a person? Have either of you ever had that happen before? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, just last week, I was I was reading my Bible, and as I was reading, I was just worried about I had this, this meeting later um, where I had to just explain how different things were going, and I was... And so the whole time I'm trying to read and, and journal different things out, I'm just thinking about the situation and the people who I'm, who I was supposed to be helping and and I guess aiding, and so I couldn't really focus on on what was going on in my heart. I was just thinking about the I guess the situations, and then uh, even as I was praying, there was different times that I've uh, talked to people and they've asked me questions, and I kind of think about um, okay, like before I've been told I can be really indulgent in my emotions. So as I'm praying, I'm hearing that in my head, like, am I indulging in my emotions right now? Am I doing this? And so I think of different people or hear them kind of like as they've tried to help me, but then it's kind of taken my eyes off of God and onto, okay, are they, do they think that I've done a good job or is this good enough? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever think that's funny? Uh, no, I guess I, <laughs> I think stuff like that's funny. Like I, when I do that, you know, early in my Christian life, because I, I became a Christian around 19 years old, but early in my Christian life, I became so focused on people that literally I, I judged how I was doing as a human being huh. and spiritually based on what they thought of me. And when I think of that, it's funny. I'm like, wow, how... Right. How strange is that? How, yeah. And that's how you get into religious behaviorism where you're right. so focused on your behavior that you actually never experience a quiet time. I think one of the number one reasons that people don't end up having a great relationship with God is that there's so much noise in their head about what people think and what circumstances are happening that yeah. they're actually not there. And so before I let Kiara and, and Cameron jump in on this, the word worshiping to me and people will go, well, look at the Greek or look at the Hebrew and figure out what it was. OK, I get that. But worshiping to me means I'm getting myself reoriented toward who really matters hmm. and what really matters. That God is my singular focus. That's what worship is. It's not just about you're great and I'm terrible. Some people think worship means you're great, I'm terrible. I met Magic Johnson once, the point guard of the Lakers. And when I met him, I was in awe. I didn't look at myself and go, I'm a dirtbag. I wasn't focused on myself at all. Mm -hmm. I looked yeah. at him and I was like, I actually saw all of the Lakers. They were walking in the airport. 
And I looked at him and I was like, he is awesome. He's just, he's more awesome in person, right? right. I was so focused. And that's what worship yeah. is, is you're so focused on God that you're not thinking about your circumstances and you're not thinking about people. And that's what puts you in sacred space. Right. You might be in a coffee shop. You might be outside in a park. You might be driving in your car, but you're right. so focused on God that you literally don't hear anything else. And that's the space you want to get people into. It may seem complicated, yeah. but it's no. not. When people study in a library, they do that. They yeah. put on headphones, they zero in on economics, yeah. and they just they don't even hear anything else. That's what worship is. It's that focus that says, I am so consumed and focused and devoted to God, and he is so awesome. I'm just loving that I'm here. And that's the only way you can begin to have a great quiet time. Right. No, I'm, and I'm totally like more of a circumstantial guy. Like what you're talking about circumstances or people. And that's a lot of the noise um, that most of the noise in my head is that. And I just Saturday I was, I woke up, I didn't even have that much to do that day. I think I had a few appointments, but I was stressing off all the things I had to do. I also yeah, been there. Ha- yeah. I have some health issues. So I was waiting for some test results to come back. <laughs> I was checking online. They weren't there. So I was right. calling in. And I'm, and I'm trying to have a quiet time, but all this stuff's in my head and I'm trying to read the Bible and I, but I did get to a place that I felt like I hadn't got to in a while where I actually started connecting with God and feeling that kind of, I don't know, there was, I wouldn't have called it sacred in that moment, but as you're describing mm-hmm. it, I'm like, man, I, I, I was able to kind of snap out of it right. and stop worrying about it and cut the noise off. Right. And I was like, wow. And I actually wanted to read cause it's been a while. Like I haven't really, I read all the time to read the Bible, but I don't usually want to, and yeah. I don't really enjoy it all the time because yeah. I'm usually seeing stuff about myself. And but I was able to connect with God and see God in a way. It was it was John 14 I was reading, and it's sort sort of similar to John 15 where we talk about remaining in the vine and connecting to God and sure. loving God and you know obeying that kind of connection. But yeah. um, and so it was, it was it was cool because I think I but it was also kind of humbling to see that I don't normally get feel that and I don't normally experience just God in that moment where everything's quiet. And I just want to be there reading, talking to God, praying. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, so I, I think I haven't seen worship like that before, but that to me yeah. uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I think people see that word worship and they go, oh, no, I can't do that. Or what's God got an ego problem? And it's not mm-hmm. about that. It's about right. seeing Magic Johnson in the airport, <laughs> zeroing in and going, holy cow, yeah. six, nine specimen. <laughs> this dude can ball. Yeah. And that's all you, and then you, then I, you walk away and you try to pretend to be Magic Johnson. <laughs> right, oh, I'm right. going to be Magic Johnson. Yeah. And it's that focus on, on, yeah. on, on someone that you think is, is noteworthy and worthy, inspiring, motivating. Yeah. It's not about making yourself feel bad about yourself. Right. It's about getting excited about this person that inspires you. Yeah, man. Yeah, I do not have that. Quiet times can be really hard as far as focusing on solely focusing on God, um, especially with just technology, like my phone. Like usually I'll read the Bible, but it'll be on my phone. Recently I've been having a paper Bible, but typically it's always on my phone. So there's either messages that came up from like the day before or whatever, and I just get so anxious that I, sure. I try I'm like, okay, I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I can't. Like, all as I'm reading my Bible, all I'm thinking about is I've really got to answer that text message. So then I think, like, answering right. those text messages, or, which then leads to, like, scheduling for the next day or who I'm going to give a ride to or what I'm supposed to do that day. Or I, I just – it totally drowns out God's voice. I don't ever get to a place of, like – peace or calmness or just sacred never? space. I mean, like, <laughs> not, not no, ever. Especially when I'm sitting at a podcast with a, with a microphone poked in my face. <laughs> That's really hard. You know what? You're bringing up, though, uh, Kara, is really important. I don't think you're different. 
Uh, and, and that's why the first step is just creating sacred space. This scripture says, worshiping the Lord is sacred. He will always be worshiped. All of his decisions are correct and fair. Psalm 19, verse 9 in the CEV. So let's talk about it because you just brought up something really, really cool. Um, like I can see as I'm sitting here, I can see um, we're getting a an email about a DIY a suggestion on forgiveness. And it just came through, yeah. right? So that's a notification that, uh, hey, we can do this one. All right. So you have an iPhone, I assume? Yeah. Yeah. Most people are captivated and captured by the Apple uh, <laughs> Apple uh, complex. Uh, so do you know how to turn off notifications? Yeah. You do? Uh-huh. Do you know how to uh, set up your phone so it rings only for certain people a certain way so they know it's just them? Yep. You do? Does everybody know how to do that? No. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Brett doesn't know how to do that. So even though you do that, you still get messages that interrupt you? No, so I actually do put it on do not disturb. You just think about the messages. I think about the messages. So if I, like, wake up and it's, you know, my phone is my alarm, like, it'll have it. So it might not ring, but it'll be on it. Or if my phone goes, like blank or whatever and then i tap it again it'll just be there it might not ring or vibrate or whatever so i'll i'll think about it so it could be hard to get out of that space so i feel like a quiet time most of the time i'm like just trying not to think about it it's hard to ever get to quiet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but this is so good this is i I think you are normal i think anybody who naturally gets to so there's a few things i do number one is i don't care (laughs) <laughs> it's true yeah. number one is i'm like it's far more important for me to get together with god mm-hmm. than it is for me to talk to anyone but maybe my wife i want to make sure i you know i'm going to connect with 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 my wife but that that's already taken place so i um i don't care who sends me a message. There's only probably like, I, I have a house that I live in. You're like, most people have a place they live. And if it's not one of the people in there, it's not that important. Mm-hmm. That's just where I'm at. And right. so some, a, somebody I, I get, uh, probably, you know, probably average 150 emails a day. Right. I get them. And you, I just go, there's only a few of those that matter. Yeah. And so I think part of it is that, I'm just talking to all of us. I've had to learn because, you know, I was around before the smartphone. So I worried about I, I didn't even have a smartphone and I still worried about what people were thinking. Right. So mm-hmm. part of what I realized is I had to stop caring so much about what people thought. Mm-hmm. So I think in order to get in a sacred space, what you're teaching me about what you're sharing, in order to get in a sacred space, before you even have a quiet time, you've got to decide what's important. Mm-hmm. And then you have to. Okay. And, and what it shows us all. And we all do it. I do it, too. Right. I don't want to make it sound like you don't want, I'll look and I'll be like, oh, what's that? You know, and I have to remind myself, uh, yeah, Cameron sent me that message. But you know what? It's not urgent and it's not important. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to move on. Mm -hmm. And if I think it is kind of like if Cameron sends me something like, oh, he's waiting on me on something. I'll send him a quick message and say, hey, I won't be able to get back to you for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I let him know. And then I forget about it. So one of the things you brought up in order to create sacred space, you have to get your priorities straight. And, and I'm not talking, I think you're just bringing up something that every listener will be like, yeah, tell me how to handle that. No. You have to decide who is going to matter. Mm-hmm. And it better not be more than five people. No. Like who's going to matter enough for you to stop your day, stop your emotion, stop your movement and not be with God. And you just say, if it's not, if I see those five people, I'm going to answer. If I'm in mm-hmm. the middle of my quiet time, I'm going to stop and answer. But if it's not one of them five people, I'm just not going to do it. And better to have someone angry at me 
than to have me not worship God. That's mm-hmm. the real decision right. I think every every person has to make. And that's what it means to get in a sacred space. The other piece of do you listen to music? Yeah. What's your favorite? <laughs> uh actually right now I'm like listening to like Michael Bublé or Ella Fitzgerald like in the morning oh, wow. something you, you, like jazzy awesome. kind of you, stuff. Interesting t- what do you listen to right <laughs> yeah. now? Yeah. I I've been listening to a lot of country during the summertime oh, like goodness. Thomas Rhett. <laughs> Who's that? <sighs> Thomas Rhett? Seriously? Yeah. You got to send me some of his stuff. Oh yeah. Never heard of that dude. <laughs> Is he related to Drake or they brothers? Uh, I think on just on the mom's side. I'm just yeah. me. Are they Jay Cole's people? <laughs> Is that Joe Jay Cole's cousin? <laughs> okay, I, I need to get some of that. Will you, will, you, will you send me some of that, yeah. Thomas Rat? What are you listening to? For in the morning or just for a yeah, just, I'm just I mean, uh I mean Bon Ivers or Iver, however you say his name, his new album, uh he did a little side project, Big Red Mountain. Okay. It's pretty good. All right. All right, you guys send me some of that. I want yeah, more. That's good. So I've been working on a coming home Spotify list. Oh, and you know nice. what we might want to do is we might want to create some Spotify list because what you got to do is you got to get your music and the music you listen to, it can't just be music. It's got to have a story to it. So I've got one called turning points mm-hmm. and it's all Broadway music. Pretty much mm-hmm. Broadway music, a little raps in there and a little, a little pop, but it's all Broadway, you know, uh, Evan Hansen, uh, Hamilton, yeah. uh, a number of Broadway shows. And I have them in an order and such that as they, as they play, they move me into a space of calm. Hmm. And literally, I have, I've, I've measured my pulse, right? Literally, my pulse goes down over the time. So the first 15 minutes. Nice. And the, so, the, so music in the middle of a crowd or a space should put you in a sacred space. So I don't know if you guys ever listened to music in your room when you were a teenager or in college. Oh, yeah. And you just, you left Definitely. Yeah. You're, you're shaking your head. What? You, you. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I picture myself in my room. I think I was probably in eighth grade, and I had one of those MP3 or uh, no, it was the Walkman with the CDs yeah. and the like behind the ear headphones. Yeah, and uh, listening to Lincoln Park's first CD. Oh, and I now there, just, I, I I know what that is. <laughs> Lincoln Park. I would just listen to them and just remember like banging my head and like He's kind of even watching head. myself Rhett's, in the mirror. Rhett's, while I getting the groove on, folks. If you're listening, you need to know. <laughs> This dude's about to break dance and he's going to go to the 80s. Yeah, but, but see, and see, my I mom think, would be yelling to me and I just, and I was in, I was, I was not even in my room. You see, know, I was gone. That's what I'm talking about. And I think what we, you know, Jesus could go to a mountain. Right. That's a little <laughs> difficult for yeah. us. Yeah. We're living in a city that has 8 million some people in it. Right. And so you have to figure out how can I get in a chair in a, in a, in a, in a target Starbucks and, and disappear. And that playlist is right. a key step to getting there where you love what you're hearing so much and it speaks to you so much. Literally, it speaks to you and says, I mean, some of the Evan Hansen soundtrack, literally when I'm listening to it, I'm just like, I relate so much to the music. Yeah. And then I'm, as I'm reading the scripture, it's like they come together and God just puts me in a place. This is the first step, creating sacred space to being able to have a great quiet time. You've been able to listen to us talk for a while about the obstacles to having a great quiet time, the anxieties about having great quiet time. And so I hope you come back and listen to our next section in the weeks to come. Thanks for listening. This has been Deep Spirituality Podcast. <music>